cricket, watch the football ferns, wanted them to do well. Yeah, it's a friendly, but it was an awful watch. Portugal had something to play for ahead of their knockout qualifying game, but they showed us up playing with skill and enthusiasm, both on attack and defence. Other than about 10 minutes, we looked amateurish, kicking the ball away. Basic skills were missing. Some players out of depth. Even uh, most cap players were poor. Very disappointing, given what the privilege to coast the biggest event in women's football in just a few months. Uh, I felt sorry for Piety having to commentate that game and keep it positive. Wellington Phoenix were very, very good last night, though. Uh, that is a text throw on 9292. Line remains open right throughout the programme, where it is 14 after two, and time now to go to the man who hosts the show regularly, usually, Jason Pine. Afternoon, Piney. G'day, Elliot. No, no one should ever feel sorry for me having, <laughs> to, uh, having to commentate a football match, uh, regardless of what plays out on the pitch. As you know, it's a pretty privileged position and something we, we love to do. So, no, I don't, I don't want any sympathy uh, from any of our listeners this afternoon, or any, any afternoon, actually. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, sure, is a privileged position. What was your assessment, though, of that 5-0 defeat, the football fans against Portugal? I would say that was probably the most disappointing performance of Yetka Klimkova's tenure as football fans coach. I think you look at the games that New Zealand have played since she took over, and there have been extenuating circumstances in a few of them. And you only have to think back to last month when the United States came to New Zealand for those two internationals, chock full of stars, pretty much their entire um, you know, team of, of, um, of first-choice players up against a New Zealand team that was missing probably a dozen players because the matches fell outside a FIFA window and therefore certain players weren't released by their club. So you can understand why you know, those defeats, uh, a 4-0 and a 5-0, happened. Last night, Yitka Klimkova has pulled together pretty much the strongest available squad. There are a couple of players missing through injury, but if she was to name a 23 for the World Cup now, the majority of those players who were there last night would be in that 23. So that made what happened out on the pitch at uh, at Waikato Stadium even more disappointing because this was an opportunity for that team to show what they're all about at the start of probably the biggest year for the game of football women's football anyway, in this country. And they, they just spectacularly failed to do so. I thought Portugal were, were excellent. You know, take nothing away from them. But, yeah, I just thought New Zealand were really tepid and very, very disappointing. And it's not like Portugal is, you know, in the top 10 of women's football at the moment. They're ranked two spots above New Zealand, aren't they? They're having to qualify uh, in the coming days for their spot at the World Cup. So they're a team that um, have some big games coming up, but they're not assured of a place at the World Cup and, and their ranking isn't overly high. So should there be some worry as we you know, continue this path towards the World Cup about where the football ferns are heading? I think last night has to be a cause for concern, absolutely. And you did write about Portugal. You know, they still haven't qualified for the World Cup. As you mentioned, uh, Elliot, you know, they've got, a, they've got a game on Wednesday against whoever wins tonight's match between Cameroon and Thailand to make it through to the World Cup. So that, they've still got to, you know, clear one more hurdle before they make it. I have to say, though, I was, I was just really impressed with Portugal last night. Yeah, they got some good players and, and it was a surprise, actually, um, you know, yeah. watching them play last night that they haven't already qualified automatically, although through Europe it is tough. Only the, the top um, team in each of the nine groups goes through. Uh, Portugal was second in their group, but they still won seven of their, of their ten matches. So they're a decent side. But back to New Zealand, yes, I think there is cause for concern. Unfortunately, the, the problem, I think now, is that Yitka Klimkova is almost beyond the point of no return when it comes to the players that she can bring in. She's only got a limited number of matches left now. There are 150-odd days until the World Cup. So 
they'll have two more matches against Argentina in this window, and then, as I understand it, a couple more in April and maybe a couple more in sort of late June, early July as the tournament draws closer. So that's not a heck of a lot of games to, to introduce new players or to get these players who, uh, you know, who are you know, in the box seat for those places in the World Cup squad to, to start performing a little better. As I, as I said, I just thought there were, there were too many players last night who just, who just had poor games. Mm. And, and as I say, as we get closer to a World Cup where New Zealand you know, aspire to get out, out of the group for the very first time, um, on the on the basis of what they produced last night, that just isn't going to happen. Is that a style of play thing? I mean, obviously they conceded five goals as well, but in terms of their attack, uh, pre- pretty limited as well. So is that a coaching style or is there something else at play? Yeah, I, I think it has to be because it's not as though there are players missing in the attacking third, really. Mm. And, and that's one goal for New Zealand in their last six games. And, and you know, the, the, the bare stats don't lie when it comes to this, but, it, you know, the, the attacking opportunities aren't really being created either. It's not as though New Zealand are, are creating a, a whole heap of opportunities and just, you know, failing to, to be clinical at the at the vital moment. They just don't really seem to be able to create a heck of a lot in the attacking third. And you look at the, the players they have and, and I think, you know, one thing that they're perhaps missing is a genuine playmaker, a genuine number ten who sits in behind the, the front two strikers and, and pulls the strings and, and you know and creates opportunities and slides balls through. And I think of a guy like Sarpreet Singh, who you know most football fans will be aware of in the in the men's game, who was who was able to do that before injury curtailed his recent involvement. But he's a guy who can who can always look to create something. The football firms just don't seem to have that sort of player, and and you know maybe they will in the future because there's there are big raps on Alyssa Wynnum out of the Wellington Phoenix, but she's been been out of action uh, for personal reasons for the last little while, and it almost seems too late now to bring her into the squad. But someone like that who's got quick feet and who, who surprises opponents and who gets into pockets of space and, and sets up those ahead of her. Uh, there just doesn't seem to be that kind of player in the New Zealand setup at the moment. Uh, just before we leave, the, the Football Ferns piney, uh, Michaela Foster called into the squad. She'd been playing very, very well for the women's Wellington Phoenix. Uh, there'd been a bit of a clamouring for her to be called in. She, she's come through with an, uh, as a result of an injury. Is she the kind of player that could make a, a bit of a difference to this team? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I, she's been terrific for, for Wellington. You know, really, signing as a scholarship player, so really almost a, not an afterthought necessarily, but, you know, not a, a fully-fledged member of the squad. But Michaela Foster has played every single minute of the A-League women's season and has been, I think, their best player across this season. So, yeah, she came into the into the New Zealand squad. Um, she wasn't even in the original squad. Then she got called in to replace Grace Wisniewski, who was a training player only, so then she took that spot, and then when Rebecca Stock pulled out, she came into the squad proper. Look, I, I think she's, you know, she should debut either on Monday night in Hamilton when New Zealand play Argentina, or at North Harbour on Thursday night when they face the same opposition. Because you know she's the type of player who's got a bit about her. Um, you know, she's she's very two footed. She's good in good in set piece situations, and um, yeah, like I don't really see that there's a heck of a lot to lose, Elliot. Really, mm. in giving her giving her a chance because. Again, you look at the players last night who who were out there and and, and experienced players too. Those who have played over 100 games for their country and they just weren't able to impact the game at all against a team, as you say, which is only a couple of places above them in the FIFA rankings. So you know, once you're into the 20s and the in the FIFA rankings, it's it's not as though teams are miles ahead of each other really. And and New Zealand, you know, went into that game last night. Even the press conference before it, they were bullish. You know, we're here to beat Portugal. 
Well, it certainly didn't work out that way, unfortunately. It certainly didn't. Jason Pine uh, with us. Pine, are you calling uh, the Women's World Cup uh, qualifiers that are underway at the moment? We've got Senegal playing Haiti at North Harbour Stadium. It's nil all in that one. So for a quick pricey, how, how does this all work over the coming days uh, and, to, and how many spots are up for grabs? Yeah, there are 10 teams uh, playing for three spots. So those 10 teams have been split into three groups. There are two groups of three and one group of four, and seedings apply. So in the groups of three, one of the three teams has been seeded straight through to the final, and the other two will play off for the right to meet them. And in the, in the pool of four, there are two effectively two semifinals and then a final. So the, the favourites to go through would be Portugal. They're the highest-ranked team, and as I say on the evidence of last night, you'd think that they would be too good for whoever wins between Cameroon and Thailand tonight. Uh, Chile are also in the mix. They're in the uh, they're in one of the groups with uh, with three teams um, teams in it. And then you get to a, a really you know a, a hard group to pick really with four teams in it. Um, and they are um, uh, Chinese Taipei, Paraguay, Papua New Guinea, and Panama. And, you know, not footballing superpowers by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> but one of them is going to go to the World Cup. So look, it's it's you know just even getting ready for tonight's game between Cameroon. And Thailand, and reading some of the background, you know, this is everything to these players. They they have um, have sweated and toiled and, and haven't qualified automatically, but they do have this last chance, this sudden death um, opportunity to, to go through. So, look, I, I think you know there'll be some, you know, there'll be some uh, some heartache, and there'll be some uh, there'll be some absolute elation as teams, you know, claim the final three golden tickets to the World Cup later in the year. It's going to be a fascinating uh, week ahead. Have a great call tonight, Piney. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Elliot. Cheers, mate.